0: Welcome to the Evolution Show. I'm Johan Langrian. I hope you're doing well. Today I'm back with a really inspiring guest for you, Anders Forslund, CEO and founder of the world leading electric plane company, Hort Aerospace. Anders is back on the show for the fourth time to give us an update on what is happening with a Swedish startup that already has 200 orders of electric commercial planes from United and Mesa Airlines and is growing into what may become a huge new industry here in Sweden as well as internationally. So stick around, and you don't want to miss next week's episode when I'll be back to talk about the world's first battery storage trailer, recently announced by the electric truck and logistics startup Ainride, a private company I invested in back in 2018 and that already has electric autonomous trucks without even a cabin. In operations in sweden and united states i hope you enjoyed today's episode and if you want to support the show give us a thumbs up and consider subscribing as always stay ahead of the curve and stay electric this is the evolution show Welcome back to The Evolution Show, Anders Forslund! Uh,
1: It's always great to be back. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, uh, you are the co-founder and CEO of HART Aerospace. And I've had the pleasure of having you on The Evolution Show three times over the last couple of years to talk about your super exciting electric plane that you and your team are developing here in Sweden. And for those who haven't seen our previous talks, I really recommend checking out the links. Uh, I'll provide them in the descriptions below. But for those who don't ha- have a clue about what is Hart Aerospace and how can you make an electric plane, could you br- briefly tell us a little bit about your company?
1: Sure. We're Hart Aerospace. We're a Swedish startup or Swedish scale up, I should say, uh, developing an electric aircraft. Um, Electric aircraft are obviously planes that are driven by electricity, so batteries and electric motors. They already exist, in fact, here at, at our airport, it's already being used by the flight schools, but they're limited to small sizes, about two two passengers. What we're trying to do is to build a commercial airliner, the world's first commercial airliner that is driven on electricity. And it's a, it's a 19 passenger aircraft called the Hart ES-19. Um, which uh, we're really t- targeting some, some key demographic markets, including that one in Norway, where the Norwegian government has, has announced that they want all domestic flights to be 100% electric by 2040. Other Nordic countries, but also United States, where we have a large order, a purchase order for 200 aircraft with United Airlines, uh, the world's, one of the world's largest airlines, and we think a global leader on, on um, on decarbonization of air travel.
0: Yeah, and uh, since we spoke last time, uh, I think it was about a month after we spoke, uh, um, you had a hard ES-19 test flight, actually, of a smaller model, (laughs) uh, which I I guess is, uh, I mean, very useful. People might think, yeah, that's just a model. Could you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so so this was actually a project that we did. uh, it uh, It was part of a research project that we did together with the Swedish Innovation Agency. And, and, you know, from a personal perspective, it was super exciting, you know, seeing your plane up in the air, even though it's one to five scale. So it's about five meters in wingspan. You know, when you're seeing it up in the air, you don't really see the difference. But from a technical point of view, what was the most exciting part about it was how unexciting it was. Um, we've taken a, a, a design philosophy and a strategy of keeping it very simple. So we've designed a very conventional airframe. Uh, It's similar to how how aircraft have looked over the last, uh, you know, 80 years or so. So it was, when it came to actually, you know, adjusting it and making sure that that the flight physics and the flight controls were working, it like worked right out of the box. And it was, you know, floating really nicely in the sky, you know, traveling up to, you know, 100, I think uh, hitting 150 kilometers per hour. And it was, like the vast majority of the work here we do is formal development and it's nothing like building, you know, uh, scale models. This was pro- perhaps 1% of our budget that we spend on this. But I think it's... A key learning is that there's a direct correlation with how easy it is to fly a scale model and how easy it is then to build a certified aircraft. You know, if, if, if it takes you a little resources to build and fly a scale model, um, that's probably because the design is inherently simple, inherently safe and you will have little hiccups when you're trying to build uh, a certified aircraft, uh, which is a completely different ballgame.
0: Yeah. And the last time we spoke, you talked about the electric motor, you have just started to test it with the propeller and everything. And now you obviously no. showed with the, you know, with the test flight, uh, mini model that you had four nacelles and four uh, engines, electric motors, uh, I should say. Uh, can you give us an update about the motors? Have you been working on them uh, further on since we talked last time?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, so we we tested our first electric motors, I think, in 2020, and uh, we're we're you know continuously evolving the prototypes. So we have uh, new stuff coming out. But 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 a, a big problem is that you're really taking that step from you know a demonstrator to a fully certifiable and certified motor and that that's like a really strategic thing and then it's also about you know ensuring supply so making sure you know it's we have now orders for hundreds of aircraft we have four motors per aircraft and and and, you know finding the strategic partners uh, or or you know growing our strategic partnerships to get that um, um, to get
0: it into production organization It's, it's really what we're working on right now yeah, and, and you have chosen to use four uh, electric motors instead of two, two larger ones. And I think it's that you explained it um, to me before why you did that. And I think yeah. it's good to repeat that because it's uh, kind of uh, vital to understand. So it's about a factor twenty in, in in the acquisition price between an electric motor
1: and a jet engine, and it's a factor hundred when it comes to, to maintenance costs. So there's a reason why there are not many small many small planes flying today. And it's because, um, you know, a jet engine is the driving part of the, of the cost. It is cost the same whether the aircraft is 20 passengers, 30 passengers, or, you know, 70 passengers. And it's also the same whether it's, uh, you know, fly, it wears the same whether it's flying, you know, 100 kilometers or flying a thousand kilometers. So small aircraft. For short routes have always been like a bad business model and it's also really bad for the environments because actually those are the routes that are polluting most per kilometer so by going electric those kind of constraints disappear and you also create a zero emissions plane so I think that that is it's like really important part of value proposition and the way to understand this so our what you know we're presenting a new vision for how electric planes will operate and it will not just be you know we can start by replacing some old aircraft but we're also creating a market but it's not something that we need a crystal ball to understand you know this is exactly how it's going to be what you only what you can do is to look at how it is today in norway so there they have this you know large number of turboprop aircraft that are pretty small that are flying in like a decentralized node structure uh, creating this very fast and flexible way for the Norwegian uh, population to get around, and the reason that they're so, so that's really like this is our vision for what, what electric planes could be, and the reason that it's working in Norway today is because it's subsidized by the Norwegian government. But when we bring in the electric into the equation, you know that sort of changes the economic equation in and of itself and makes makes it more uh, feasible to fly these uh, small planes and these short routes again.
0: Yeah, and uh, speaking of Norway, that was one of my questions also. I mean, uh, are you focusing on Norway because of this? They are, they are in the lead, so to speak, and they understand the market, understand the, the potential for your planes. Um, could you say that that's kind of your key market? Aside, of course, from the US uh, with the U- large order there. But um... this, era, this company
1: started as identifying uh, an opening in the market kind of a niche market which is these nordic countries which I, I think really best exemplified by norway which has this you know the geographic um the geographic uh conditions they have the the sort of um environmental and environmentalist agenda which is driving it as well and they and and, and sort of they have uh, they have the the funding and the financing to pull this through so it's like a really important market that nobody really was addressing. However, we've seen as we're growing this company that, that this is, this is like a, uh, a product that has a global appeal. And so that there are markets in, in all of Nord- the Nordic countries. There are markets in, in, in the continental Europe. There's markets, uh, North America. You know, New Zealand is really pushing through. So, you know, we're, we're engaging with airlines all over the world. Um, so that has been really an exciting exciting time and, and also a little bit been reflected in the composition of our team here. You know, we have people actually coming from five different continents uh, working in our... Actually, I think it's six different continents uh, from all continents, I would say, uh, that are working, uh, have moved here to Gothenburg, are working on our team. So it, it is really, you know, I think we've become while we haven't lost track and focus on being, uh, you know, establishing being being that, that company that establishes planes in in Norway, we are you know also broadening our scope
0: a bit. Yeah, and speaking of markets in Norway, perhaps we can just do a follow up and talk a little bit about U.S. Uh, uh, are you still on track, so to speak, with your plan to to you know um, you know have regional flights in the U.S.? Is that still what you're focusing on in terms of the North America's?
1: Correct. Yeah. So, so obviously United Airlines and Mesa Airlines made a uh, purchase order together for 200 aircraft uh, and, and, you know, this is a massive market. So, you know, speaking just in size, you know, the Norwegian market is like 5 million people and the U.S. is, what is it? 330 million people. So obviously that's something that's really exciting uh, to us and United and Mesa are also investors in our company. So. So we, we, we and, and also most of our investors are from the United States. So this remains a key focus for us. We are um, a European company. So obviously our main, our, our primary certification authority is EASA. So we still have a little bit of a, you know, combining this with a little, little bit of Eurocentric focus initially, but we're definitely looking to, 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 uh, expand and capture this U.S. market, uh, you know, as evidenced by our orders.
0: Yeah. Uh, we have to mention another exciting news since the last time we spoke is you have hired uh, a test pilot, uh, which oh yeah, <laughs> yes, so we have to m- mention something and talk about that i think uh, his, his name is uh, Andrew Larkman um, can, can you tell us about uh, you know what his role and uh, what he will be doing and uh, what he brings to the table so to speak
1: Now I think're we're, we're, you know we're a few years away from flight testing where it's going to start in 2024 really and But already now, actually, flight testing, if you look at an aircraft development project, the flight testing program, the campaign, is among the most expensive, if not the most expensive part of the sort of getting getting an aircraft certified into market. So most, there's the sort of a design theory called front loading, which essentially says that, you know, the time to save money and de-risk your project is in the early stages. Because the decisions that you make in the early stages is going to, determine you know uh they're going to be very cheap you know they're they're going to determine the fate of of the program and they're very cheap to fix in the early stage but when you're at the stage where you're sort of locked in on your design you've gone through preliminary preliminary and detailed design and you realize that something's wrong you know going back all that way changing everything upstream with all that that takes a lot of time so what you really want to do while you want to keep your organization lean is to bring in the different perspectives so, getting a test pilot here. You know, I'm sitting here in front of some of our hardware in the loop, uh, some of our simulators. You know, they're using this today. Getting the pilot perspective there. Also, starting to planning for our flight test campaign and how that's going to be be done. Um, that that is like of utmost importance because this is essentially a tool for the pilot. Um, and uh, but but this is also a, a sort of a mindset that we're bringing also to, for instance, you know production, we're not a state of mass production yet, but we're, we're, we have a head of production, we have, you know, a head of manufacturing, all of this stuff to looking at the different, um, producibility aspects of our, of our aircraft design. Yeah.
0: Uh, I can just I mean, I, I think it was 15 years ago when I w- went to high school. I mean, he, my friend, he, his father worked at um, this flight simulation school in uh, Arlanda, uh, SIS. Uh, yeah. So we were able to go there, uh, me and him and fly a 737. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, so I know, and that was, you know, long ago. Uh, I know that uh, obviously they are much more advanced today. Uh, and I guess is that, I mean, that's just a small part of it, but uh, yeah. Is, so, yeah. So, so, so I've been very strategic in, in framing this, so
1: I'm showing just the right amount, but, but I think we've, we've released a video um, online about this as well. So this is essentially a, a hardware in the loop. We've built a, a sort of representation, a mock-up of the, ca- of the cockpit, which is using the Garmin system. You know, we're working together with Garmin and actually you know we're putting everything together and you know essentially going on a flight in the actual plane with the actual hardware um and and uh, the the only problem is that you know we can't put any sensors on this plane because we're not in the air so everything has to be simulated and modeled so we have these big racks here uh, or or these server racks kind of uh, from a company called Aliaro which is essentially Generating the type of signal, you know, to represent uh, what all the sensors and probe aboard the aircraft are feeling. And that's in turn connected to, um, to, a, to, to, you know, a flight simulation software. So it's, it's really like you, this is super, like, this is a great tool that people would have, you know, <laughs> have been really anxious to get their hands on in the past. But this is just shows some of the things that we can do with
0: modern technology. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Um, uh, If we would like to, I mean, if we, people might might wonder during these turmoil times, I mean, you have markets going up and down, you have the Ukraine situation Mm. and so on. Uh, Have you been affected in in any any way in terms of perhaps getting components or even recruiting people or uh, financially? How have we been affected by by this?
1: No, I think that, I mean, mean, this is, uh, um, you know, there's, there's definitely ups and downs in the market and and right now we're seeing you know uh I think both the situation in Russia, I think the the you know the the inflation the way that it's rising uh so some of our essentially what I think we' what we're seeing is that there's a hype cycle to everything also there's been a period where you know anything that's related to electrification has been very very um you know people have uh, 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 there's been a lot of room for a lot of companies to develop these types of technologies uh, and now we're entering into a stage where actually you know the lessons learned <laughs> that that it's actually kind of difficult to build and certify an aircraft um, I think that uh, so there's a lot of these there's a, kind of a little bit of a process of elimination now where 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 the concepts that do not have bearing that do not have commercial or technical viability certification viability are being a little bit challenged and it's also so so it's really like the most consequential and most uh like important time in this development of this new technology and i think it's not doesn't only it's not only true for 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 aerospace yeah. but also in in all of these uh, el- electrification um areas yeah so yeah. so kind of the winners are being picked a little bit uh yeah. so far we we're, we're on the heels of a very large fundraise we're you know we have a lo- large runway we have the best investors in the world so we're not directly affected that way but obviously we're watching the market and, and we're we're uh we're you know yeah. we're we're paying attention to it and we're not we're not you know going on any frivolous spending but so far we're we are our, our confidence in the product that we're having and, and what we're doing remains uh kind of unperturbed
0: yeah i would say that you it i, I like your description of a hype cycle because that's exactly yeah. what it's been and and i think you're you're in a good position to come out on the other side <laughs> as one of the survivors so to speak one yeah of the i f- mean th- this is
1: really you know this is this yeah. is this is the kind of scenario that Tesla came out of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, with, with the uh, 2008 crisis. This yeah. is how, you know, Google and Amazon came out of the, the dot com uh, boom and bust. Yeah. So it's like this really consequential time, yeah. wh- which is really like you, you need to have all your ducks
0: in a row and have everything in order. Yeah. Uh, but, but this is, yeah, this is when the winners are being picked. Yeah. Uh, if we perhaps uh, then could uh, turn a little bit to talk about the future, uh, both for heart airspace and perhaps even for the electric aviation and so on. But if you focus on your electric uh, commercial plane, uh, you've said that it's uh, going to be ready. Uh, you plan to have it ready by 2026. Uh, do you still you think you can keep that timeline? Or how do you think about uh, the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, we we do. And the reason is that, So, an aircraft is a very complex product, and there's a lot of things uh, that need to happen in a certain order uh, to reach certification. Uh, How we've approached this is we really try to benchmark for the successful projects in the past. Uh, What we've seen is really the gold standard in our industry for for, for building aircraft and delivering on time has been sort of the Embraer Embraer Regional Jets. (laughs) So, one of the things we've done is to hire a lot of that team, uh, have them be in charge of our planning, it is very kind of a there's a very scientific and peculiar method to get all these things triggering on the same time and happening on the same time Uh, and you know it's aerospace so so you know we there might we might experience a delay but there's nothing to suggest that it's uh, that we're experiencing that
0: delay right yeah yeah it looks really it sounds really great and i I, uh, yeah, I think it's, I look forward to see what's going to happen with you, uh, with your company on this, uh, with many milestones on the, on, on, the, on the way, so to speak. Uh, but okay, uh, finally, uh, if anybody is looking to be part of perhaps uh, joining your team or uh, contributing to this transition, uh, developing electric planes, uh, what can the, what kind of people are you hiring right now? And uh, can you perhaps say anything of the kind of people you have on your team right now? How many are you today? Could you say anything about that? So we're about uh, 100 people here right now uh, with some more coming in.
1: There's people from 22 different countries, you know, six different continents. Um, but we've mostly been hiring sort of experienced aerospace professionals that have done this journey in the past. So essentially what we need is somebody who's an expert in anything from, you know, landing gears, to avionics, to electrical systems, to mechanical systems, and also obviously, the people that are not coming from aerospace that are are really focused on battery technology and electromobility but so we've been moving people from all over the world to Gothenburg Sweden and it's created a great dynamic atmosphere you know uh very international but we also recognize the need uh, to hire younger people to hire uh local talent we've, we 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 have we have a big collaboration with Chalmers University or, or, that that you know where I came from, and we've brought on a lot of thesis workers from there, and some of them are actually also joining our company right now. So we're so we're 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 also bringing in the people you know passing the torch to the next generation, and and it's super exciting. And obviously, you know, a startup. We're a startup that marries two ideas. One is you know of of not reinventing the wheel and and and, and uh, learning. <laughs> Taking the key learnings from the industry about how how to do this, but also, you know, challenging the, the, you know, we're also startups, so we also need to challenge the status status quo a little bit. So we're trying to get that balance. And uh, so so it's a really interesting time in our recruitment process and where people now can come and join our company uh, coming in from, you know, university, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Really exciting, and uh, I look forward to hear more about what you're, what's happening with Heart Aerospace. Uh, I know that uh, there's a lot, a lot of things going on, obviously. A lot of things going on right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So uh, I hope to have you back on the show not too long, long from now. So, But thank you so much, Anders. Uh, it was exciting, and I learned a lot, and I hope people uh, enjoyed it as much as I did. So thank you. Oh, uh, it's always a pleasure to come here. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Anders Forslund will be back on the show to tell us more about upcoming news on Hart Aerospace planes, so stay tuned for that. And I'm curious to know what you think about electric planes and Hart Aerospace. Please share what you think in the comment section below, and I'll be sure to forward your questions to Anders in upcoming episodes. Up next is another episode I really don't think you should miss. I will talk about the world's first battery storage trailer, recently announced by the electric truck and logistics company Ainride, A trailer that will do much more than just increase the range for electric trucks. I will share why I think this trailer is a complete game changer in so many ways. As always, if you want to support the show, give us a thumbs up and consider subscribing. I hope to see you next week.